On today's show, we'll recap last night's wild win over the Reds. We'll discuss Luis Severino's shoulder. We'll preview tonight's pitching matchup because a possible Yankees trade target is starting for the Reds. And speaking of trade targets, someone the Yankees were possibly eyeing may not have a chance to come to New York because of his vaccination status. All that and more next on Locked on Yankees. You are Locked on Yankees, your daily New York Yankees podcast. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Happy Thursday, Yankee fans. Welcome to Locked on Yankees, which is part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm Stacey Gotsoulias, and I'm joined by my co-host, Abby Mastrocco. Abby, we have a few things to talk about today. We do, and one yeah. of them is not Johnny Gaudreau signing with the Columbus Blue Jackets. <laughs> that is true. Actually, one <laughs> brief thing that I didn't mention in the rundown that just happened literally before we started recording. The Yankees acquired Tyler Wade from the oh, Angels yeah. in a trade, but he's reporting to AAA. But Tyler Wade and his fabulous eyebrows are back with the Yankees. So, and I'm not surprised, actually, because when I saw him get DFA'd by the Angels in the back of my head, I thought, he'll be a Yankee in a couple of weeks. It's going to happen. I can feel it. There was so. that moment a few years ago where there was it was like the rise of the Tylers. Tyler Kepner from the, uh, the New York Times even did a story on everybody being named Ed Tyler and why he was named Tyler. It was like kind of a fun little the rise of the Tylers. That's funny. Um, before we get into everything, we'd like to thank you for making Lockdown Yankees your first listen every day. We're free and available on all platforms. That includes Apple, Odyssey, Spotify, Stitcher, and everything else you can think of. You can watch and subscribe to us on YouTube. Again, we're inching closer and closer to 1,300 subscribers. So hit that button. Also hit the like button and the bell so you're notified as soon as our videos go live. And feel free to comment. And when you get into your car, you can tell your smart device to play podcast Locked On Yankees. Today's episode is brought to you by Bet Online. Bet Online has you covered this season. Season with more props, odds, and lines than ever before. Bet online where the game starts. So, last night's win <laughs> was interesting, uh, annoying to watch. Uh, I was, I was frustrated just because, in my mind, even though the Reds had won five in a row and the Yankees have been iffy in their last ten, they're still sitting at five and five, the best team in the AL East right now. The Orioles, who won again last yeah. night, <laughs> 10 in a row. Yeah, they're unstoppable. Yeah, they're a game over 500. So now the AL East is definitely the best division in baseball. Thank you, Orioles, for helping reinforce that fact. Um, yeah, last night's game started off where you knew something was up with Luis Severino because his velocity was down on all his pitches. You saw it. While it was happening, you saw the radar readings and the score bug. And, you know, I thought to myself, hmm, his velocity is down a good two miles an hour. And I have it up on Baseball Savant, and it was clear something was wrong with him. And before he gave up the back-to-back-to-back home runs in the second inning. So he only threw 43 pitches in those two innings. He went out to warm up in the third, threw a couple of warm-up pitches, and then they took him out. Um, 
They said his strength test went okay this morning, but they're still going to do a CT scan to make sure that there's nothing structurally wrong with his shoulder. And I had mentioned the other day, I feel like every time I talk about these guys, something bad happens. But I was talking about Luis Severino and how he's pitched a lot this season, and he hadn't pitched a lot collectively in the previous three seasons. So it stood to reason that he would probably slow down at some point. I just hope that he didn't re-aggravate his shoulder injury. But his four-seamer was down a whole two miles per hour. Um, Change-up 2.1, slider 2.3, cutter 1.7, and a sinker 2.1. So there was clearly something wrong with him last night, which wasn't fun to watch. And then the Yankees had to go to the bullpen and use six more pitchers. So um, it was that kind of a game last night for the Yankees. But they did win, which is good. No well, force. Like they're going to have to limit Severino's workload, which then there's a domino effect for every other pitcher. That's how it works when you're limiting any pitcher's workload, whether it be in the bullpen or the starting rotation. Somebody's always affected behind him. But, you know, coming off an injury like that, it's such a long layoff. It's, it's tough for guys to build up to this kind of workload again after such a long layoff. And you've seen guys do it. And like, you know, I remember like talking to Jacob DeGrom about after he had um, his elbow done, he wanted to like get right back out there. And he wanted to, he had it in his mind that he was going to be a very reliable starter, which he was for a couple of years. But it, it's just, that's just not the reality sometimes in today's MLB. You have to take care of the elbow. And, and that means pitch counts. That means innings limits. Yeah. You're not like if you're not effective, then you gotta then you gotta watch the workload, right? But that's gonna affect Nestor Cortez and probably Garrett Cole. Uh huh. Which is pressure on Jameson Tyone, right? And which is why, um, you know, people keep talking about the Yankees, you know, needing to make trades, um, and talking about them getting an outfielder, but uh, they need another starter. Which I would have said before the season started as well. I've been saying um, it. I've been saying it the whole season. Yeah, you know, because even yes, the, the rotation is good, but if one falls, what's it, it, there's just not a lot of depth. It's it's like, and look, I haven't looked at Davy Garcia's numbers in a while, or what's going on down in AAA because I barely know what's going on in baseball at all right now. <laughs> um, yeah, I don't I even know how Davy Garcia is doing. I really don't know what's going on in AAA. Yeah. I, I, so I don't know what the sort of like, you know, backup would be in case somebody did get hurt or just needed to take a few starts off. Right. I, I don't know what that would look like right now. But I mean, I've, I've been saying all season that, yes, the rotation is good, but they are one injury away from potential disaster. Yeah. It's just not exceptionally deep. They don't have the same kind of depth as some other teams do. I, I mean... Yeah, I guess they could use an opener, and that's something that's been been done in the boom years. Yeah, it's not completely out of the question. Right. Well, they have they have Clark Schmidt that they can use, kind of in that position where you know comes out maybe starts and pitches three four innings. J.P. Sears came in last night after Severino left, pitched three and two third innings, did a pretty good job of. Limiting the damage there, um, coming out of nowhere, basically, 
J.P. Sears. I love that. That's one of the fun stories from one of the many fun stories from this season because there there have been a lot of fun stories so far. Um, but the thing that was funny last night, and I will briefly talk about this, after the Yankees lost the way they lost on Tuesday to the Reds, which was a completely fluky thing. I mean, Clay Holmes literally could not grip the ball. You could tell from his first pitch it was like, what is happening right now? It was so out of control and un-Clay Holmes-like that it was just a fluky thing that happened. But our Locked On Reds hosts were basically razzing me all day yesterday about it. And, you know, I like to pride myself on the fact that I don't talk crap. I try not to. I've been watching baseball way too long, and I know that you shouldn't before anything major happens. Like, don't talk crap when your team is leading the division by like, oh, say 12 games with like uh, a month left because, you know, you may lose the division lead and then get kicked out of the playoffs, Mets fans in 2007. So I've seen plenty of things happen other years. (laughs) Yeah. That, you know, things have happened like that. So um, I felt like last night's win and the way it happened was sort of karma for them razzing me all day because I could have come back and said something, but I just sat there and was like, One of my junior high teachers used to say, he who laughs last, laughs best. And that was the thought in my day. And after Alexis Diaz struck out Aaron Judge, Jeff Carr, host of Locked on Reds, did a funny tweet where he said, you know, Alexis Diaz better than Aaron Judge. And then he uncorked two wild pitches to lose the game. So that was the karma. And I was happy about that. So, yeah, I was also going to sing the... uh, chorus of born to be wild on the show today but i decided to spare you guys that from happening so okay. yeah yeah I, I nearly did it in my post game yeah, video i didn't know that was something you were planning on yeah i almost did it in the cold open but i chickened out yeah <sighs> whatever but um yeah so the yankees they've had two three game losing streaks still have not had a four so the streak stops So now they can maybe start a winning streak. But again, it's Luis Castillo tonight. We'll talk about him a bit later because we'll be talking about Yankees trade targets. Now, we will continue our discussion about this. But first, so whether you're ready to pop the question or you're celebrating a milestone moment, find jewelry as unique as her with the modern convenience of online shopping at BlueNile.com. Blue Nile has simple online tools that let you choose the diamond shape, size, and clarity, as well as setting style. Their bench jewelers will then handcraft her perfect engagement ring, and each ring is one of a kind. BlueNile.com is the original online jeweler. Since 1999, they've helped millions of couples create their perfect engagement ring. So whether you're customizing an engagement ring or designing diamond stud earrings, online jeweler Blue Nile will allow you to create a bigger, more brilliant piece than you can imagine at a price you won't find at a traditional jeweler. Not perfect? No problem. There's a 100% satisfaction guarantee. You can shop stress-free with guaranteed free shipping and returns. If you need your special purchase fast, most cases Blue Nile can deliver overnight and every order is insured and arrives in discreet packaging that won't give away what's inside. Make your moment sparkle with jewelry from BlueNile.com. Locked on Yankees listeners get $50 off purchases of $500 or more. This podcast exclusive includes engagement, so use code LOCKEDON. Again, that's code LOCKEDON. Shop stress-free. Find your forever peace. Go to BlueNile.com today. Thank you for making Locked On Yankees your first listen every day. We're free and available on all platforms. 
that was an adventure. <laughs> <laughs> kind of like Alexis Diaz's ninth, uh, tenth inning. That's right, because it was the bottom of the tenth. The Yankees had the runner on second, which was DJ LeMayhew. It was his birthday last night, and with birthday, DJ. Yeah, with the first wild pitch, he advanced to third, Rizzo to second, because they. It was so funny. I was watching the game. And it was like I blinked and looked up and there were two runners on. And I thought, wait, what? And my brother said, oh, they intentionally walked Rizzo. I'm like, oh, that's right. You just hold up four fingers and the guy goes to first base because I was completely confused and thought maybe I fell asleep for two minutes and didn't realize it. And then uh, the second wild pitch happened. And in DJ LeMayhew's postgame interview, Justin Shackle asked him, you know, what did you see at third base? He's like, well, I saw that the ball got past them and I ran home. (laughs) It reminded me of um, Mike Messina, who used to have answers like that uh, whenever Susan Waldman would interview him and Kim Jones in his post-game interviews. He was just very, like, nonchalant and dry. And that's what I like about DJ DJ LeMayhew. He's like, yeah, yeah, I scored. I I just saw that the ball got past them and I just ran, you know. Like, yeah, one time Kim Jones asked Mike Messina, I think it was at Fenway, um, how did you get injured? And he's like, pitching. <laughs> See, we honestly, though, like, we kind of hate that. I know. <laughs> like, and I sometimes it, it depends. Because if you know the player, you can determine whether or not they're being snarky and whether yes. it's like, but, but like, I, I don't know that locker room very well. Okay, like I'm a national reporter now. I'm not on a beat. I'm coming in there. And if I don't have an established relationship with that player, I'm going to be worried that like they're just being mean to me. Right. And then I get protective of my other media friends. And I'm like, come on, don't be mean to like, you know, don't be mean to Laura Albanese. Like she's dropping into the locker room just like I am. And but then sometimes like you hear from people like, no, 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 that's just how he is. Like, that's just his demeanor. He doesn't mean anything by it. And I'm like, Okay. Yeah. Fine. But also now you're not like giving me anything. Right. Me any like anything interesting. And it's funny. I get. I, I get it. It's funny from a, a fan standpoint to watch. Sure. Them. Sometimes it's like. I don't know. I get self-conscious about that as a as a as somebody who is doing a lot of interviewing. Like I get very self-conscious. I get like oddly sensitive. Like we're supposed to have a really thick skin as a reporter, but I get oddly sensitive when people react to my questions poorly. But I, I just, when players aren't giving you much or they're just being so short or interviews are short, like I just always wonder, like, I feel like that's an indictment against me, but it's not when they're doing it to everybody else. Right. It's, I don't know. It's so hard for me to watch. Yeah. I would be like that though. Like as a fan, I think it's funny, but if I were a reporter, I would definitely yeah. think, oh no. And this like guy I said, doesn't like it's different me. if you have a relationship with the person and, and you're like, no, 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 he's just being snarky. That's how he always is. No one loves snark more than I do. Right. I just, um, I don't know. It, I, I, I get so self-conscious in those situations as a reporter. Like, yeah. I know that the fans love it. I've talked to them before about like, you know, like you just brought up and there's other players in the past too, like other anecdotes and videos that get posted on Twitter. And I'm like, oh, that would make me self-conscious. <laughs> Uh, I just, but in, in the way he answered it, he kind of like gave a smile afterwards because it was, I mean, that, that, that's basically what happened. He saw the ball got past the catcher and he just, you know, ran home and you know, that that's how they won. And it was their 11th walk off. And I can't remember the number of comebacks they're up to now. I think it's around 25. 
24 or 25 comeback wins. Um, I will say that Stanton's home run last night, the one that tied the game, they showed when, if, when he first hit it, you could tell it went, it, the trajectory was really high and it arced really high. But then they showed the side view on yes. And I mean, he literally hit it off the top of the bat. And I don't know how, well, I do know how it got out. It's Stanton and he's really strong. But there's a line in Major League where the fans in the outfield, when the team is doing horribly, the, the one guy goes, it's too high, too high. And the home run goes out and his friend's like, what do you mean too high? My brother and I constantly recite that line all the time. So we did that last night after Stanton hit his home run because it was the same kind of, it's too high, it's too high. And then it went out. But he's unbelievable, Stanton, with his power. I mean, he just, yep. opposite field, just, <laughs> he's a pleasure to watch when he's on. And I really want him to do the home run derby. There's one slot left. He's still not, he said he's interested in doing it, but he hasn't committed to it. And I feel like he needs to be in it. Um, you know, a lot of guys just don't like it because they feel like it messes up the timing of their swing. Well, he said he wants to. Like, he oh, said he he's to? interested because he's from that area and he wants yeah, to. Yeah, he's, a, he's from, um, he's from Van Nuys, I think, or Sherman Oaks. Yeah, somewhere around there. Yeah. Because I think that I mean, would be yeah. fun to watch. We went to high school with a couple of my friends and, look, Dodger Stadium is just like such a baseball cathedral. It's a special place for a lot of people and especially for somebody like him. And man, the ball kind of flies out there sometimes, especially when it's like, when it's hot, because it doesn't get super humid. It's like a dry heat. Right. When you walk outside and you're sweating and you need two cold showers a day. Like uh, here? <laughs> really love a dry heat more than the humidity. Um, yeah, it would be really fun to watch him. Like it's, it, he just has such crazy strength and look we've all seen the videos of his workouts and we've all seen i know you post the photo the uh body issue photo of him all the time but like he's that's my just, thing like he just has such like natural i don't know what it is some people are just built naturally with a lot of muscle yeah. and as much as like he works at it like he just he has such a slugger's body. Like he is just such a natural born gifted hitter, but the strength behind it is sort of unbelievable. Sometimes it's, it's cool to watch. Yeah. Now in case people don't know what Abby's referring to, <laughs> usually whenever Giancarlo Stanton hits a home run, I put up two of the pictures from the ESPN body issue from a few years back where he's naked with water splashing on his parts. So you can't see them. And the ladies of Twitter really appreciate it and some of the guys of twitter actually appreciate it too and then other people are like do you keep why do you keep doing that i'm like because it tortures you <laughs> and it's fun for me to do that to you um quickly like, tonight you, you love being provocative on i twitter. do uh, well yes that's my thing i it's like my... being unnoticed on twitter yeah well yeah yeah i sometimes get myself into trouble on Twitter. I try not to. I'm trying not to lately, but sometimes I can't help it. I really can't. Um, I'm like, so tonight, quickly, Luis Se uh, Severino, Luis Castillo is pitching for the Reds. He is a guy that the Yankees are interested in because why wouldn't he be? He's, uh, let's see, three and four, which isn't his fault because he plays for the Reds. <laughs> 2.92 ERA. That's the number you need to look at. 
he's definitely someone the Yankees could use. We spoke about why they could use him in segment one. And so this could be a showcase for him and other players on the Reds in case the Yankees want to have someone else come over, like a Brandon Drury, like someone like that to kind of like shore up uh, the bench or even like take over for people who aren't playing well, like maybe if they ship Joey Gallo off to the Reds, because, hey, he would have fun hitting in uh, that ballpark, which is notoriously not a pitcher's park. But um, I see him as a National League player, though. I know. Yeah. I don't know. I, you know, Bryce from Locked on Rangers would love to have him back with the Rangers because Joey Gallo is his boy. Or maybe that's just me being sort of stuck in, you know, in the past days when there was a big difference between the two leagues and maybe with the universal DH, it's a little bit less pronounced and I'm just forgetting. <laughs> I, I'm just, you know, remembering back to, you know, the, the old days of last season and the season before that. <laughs> right. well, I guess not the one before that because they did have a universal DH during COVID days. But, oh, that, uh, right. But, you know, the uh, 2018, 2019, good old days, yeah. not good old days. Yeah. The, but, halcyon, um, the halcyon days of 2018. Yeah, um, maybe that's just me and like sort of my, I don't know, I don't want to say National League bias because that's not what it is, but just being around the National League a lot the last five or so years. Um, so I don't know. Maybe I'm, maybe I'm wrong. Maybe the change is now. So the matchup tonight is Castillo against Cortez. And as I said, could be an audition for Castillo. Um, you know, the Yankees could be seeing what he's all about. Um, I mean, they know what he's all about, but seeing him actually in Yankee Stadium and how he pitches might be an interesting thing for them. And, um, you know, the podcast I appeared on last night, Late Night Reds, uh, asked, they basically asked me, you know, the Yankees are 62 and 26. By the way, I love that because of the palindrome aspect of it you know should they make a big trade i'm like uh yeah i want this to be like you know 99 2000 like when brian cashman would be like oh yeah no we want to win the division we want to win the world series so we're gonna do as much as possible to do this i'm not complacent with 62 and 26 (laughs) not at all i'm still not comfortable so yeah anything the yankees can do to make the team better i'm all for it and speaking of that there is a person that is, his name has been connected to the Yankees pretty much all season uh, as a trade target. But something happened yesterday that will probably affect his trade status. Um, and we'll talk about that in the next segment. But first, betonline.net is your number one source for all your betting needs and sports info. Find all the latest sports developments, league reviews and news, plus NBA Summer League action, NFL futures, and obviously Major League Baseball. BetOnline is your continued source for all your sports wagering information, including live betting, esports, and scores. And BetOnline.net remains the best spot for all your sports scores, podcasts, and news this season. BetOnline.net is the fastest and easiest way to check in on all your favorite sports and events, including MMA, boxing, and even golf. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends in action. BetOnline, where the game starts. So the news came out yesterday that the Royals have 10, 10, 1, 0 unvaccinated players who cannot go to Canada to play. One of those players is Andrew Benintendi, who was 
kind of like how Joey Gallo was last year, where everyone was talking about the Yankees trading for him. Basically the same thing. His name is constantly brought up as a possibility for the Yankees to trade for in a few weeks. And now that seems to uh, have gone out the window because the Yankees were pretty much one of the only teams that was able to go to Toronto at full strength because they got everyone vaccinated. And how many more games do they have against Toronto? Like in Toronto? Six. Six. Yep. Okay. Plus they could play them in the playoffs. <laughs> yes. And that's a big concern too. Like the, I, I would say that that may be, that would be more of a concern. Yeah. The divisional, the expanded playoffs are like, they're going to, the Yankees are going to make the playoffs. That's fine. They've got such a big lead that the regular season, it should still be a concern, but it is not like as much of a concern as possibly facing Toronto in the playoffs. And I thought the comments were really interesting some of these guys made Whit Merrifield in particular said, you know, I might get vaccinated if I was on a better team. Yeah. Like if we had um, a chance to make the playoffs, I would get vaccinated. Oh buddy. That like really doesn't like that makes you sound like a really bad teammate. Honestly. Yes. yes. I don't care about the team because it's just, you know, I, I'll take four days off and it, it Stephanie um, Epstein had a story. I know that, you know, didn't play well with a certain crowd, but it, it's 2022. Not everything's going to play well. It, we're pretty, we're pretty polarized right now. Um, sure. Like, <laughs> divisive political climate to say the least in this country. Um, she brought up a good point though, that like, that's not a winning attitude and it's not. No, it's not a winning attitude because a winning attitude is saying, I'm going to do what I can to give my team the best chance to win. And it, what Merrifield saying, we're already out of it. Who cares? Right. That's not okay. What does that say? Uh, what does that say to other teams about you? You know, like, yeah, I don't think he's really on the trading block, but is it, I don't know. Is he going to be in Kansas City forever? Is he going to be on a middling team forever? Like, that team's probably going to need to like tear everything down, put a different front office um, organizational structure in place. Like, is and this forever. How many? How is this going to sit well with another GM? Right. With their teammates in the future? No. And like Benintendi now, maybe just cost himself a chance to play on a really good play, a play, make a deep playoff run. Right. You know. Well, he could always go to the Red Sox because they don't seem to care that they keep going up to Toronto with uh, players missing and losing because they apparently don't care that they keep losing to the AL East teams. Because if it weren't for the two games this weekend, the Red Sox would have lost seven in a row against their AL East opponents. And you can't when this all started coming like, you know, Toronto's playing in Toronto this season. They're not going to be. Um, in Bal- uh, Baltimore, Buffalo, you have to make yeah. adjustments here. And, you know, there were some responses to the tweet about the Royals. Well, maybe the Blue Jays should play in Buffalo again. No, it's easier for you to get a shot in your arm than yeah. to, you know, move a team to Buffalo. Why do they need to play in Buffalo but, to but I mean, the AAA, accommodate everyone else? The AAA team has to play somewhere. Right. They can't keep doing that to them. Move the license forever. Like... <sighs> Come on. And also, look, I was just in Canada last week for the NHL draft. I had to fill out paperwork saying, yes, I'm vaccinated. I had to submit two forms of proof of vaccination. And I then I had to, like, let the 
I had to let an airline worker verify that I didn't, I didn't use a fake vaccine card. Like I'm playing by the rules of somebody else's country because I'm going into somebody else's country. And here is what some of these baseball players are failing to understand. All of the Dominican guys, the Puerto Rican guys, the ones who live in other countries during the off season, they have to get vaccinated to come play in the States. Right. They can't get into the States without being vaccinated. So this is like a uniquely American thing right now. And I love how everybody's saying like, oh, my body, my choice. It's a really insensitive comment to make because getting pregnant isn't contagious. Exactly. COVID is contagious. You can kill other people with COVID. You can't kill other people with your pregnancy. So the whole my body, my choice thing, you might want to rethink that as your slogan. And I I saw a lot of, I stupidly read the comments on Stephanie's story. I shouldn't have done that. I've never read the comments. But there was a lot of like, oh, what happened to the my body, my choice thing? You were pretty, people are pretty upset about Roe v. Wade. But, you know, why don't you apply the same logic to vaccines? Well, pregnancy again. So yeah. it's, you know, you might want to like check yourself when using that logic, mm-hmm. but you, you and don't, it's not I just the Royals because the Phillies are up there right now and they're without a few key players. And one of them, we spoke about this before we, we recorded yeah. JT Real Muto was basically like, I'm fine losing a little bit of money to not play. And His that's what little- the NHL did was they docked pay if you missed games, if you were unvaccinated and you were on like the COVID list or you couldn't get into Canada. And they that's basically how they got pretty much everybody on board and everybody vaccinated. Yeah. Um, JT Realmuto's comment was exceptionally tone deaf. Yeah. His little bit of money is like over $200,000, yeah. which is life changing for most people. God, like at a time when so many people are struggling to pay their bills to fill up their gas tanks just to get to work to put food on the table for their families or even for themselves and jt real mudo's like i'm fine losing two hundred fifty thousand dollars. yeah that's chump change dude read the room <laughs> come on i sometimes think that they shouldn't talk to baseball players because there's been a few instances in the last three weeks where these guys have said oh was it chris bassett of the mets was it him? Who was it from the Mets who said, I didn't really show any symptoms. And next time I'm positive with COVID, I might not say anything. Oh, I don't remember. I don't know. But I've also just been in like, you know. A vast- oh, you missed that whole thing? I think it was last week. Um, yeah, Such he basically. would come from like somebody from the Mets, of course. It was yeah, he very- came out and basically said, oh, well, you know, I didn't really show any symptoms other than. Fa- He's like, you know, I didn't really show symptoms. I was just fatigued. I'm like, fatigue is a symptom of COVID, dum-dum. Um, and then he's like, so maybe I won't tell them next time. One, thinking that is dumb. But two, saying it to reporters is so stupid because, of course, they're going to put that out there. So now everyone thinks you're a dumbass because you're basically admitting, oh, if I have COVID, I'm not going to tell anyone. And then, oh, are you going to get the entire clubhouse sick with COVID? What is wrong with you? Yeah. And like, it's such a weird thing to have to ask players about their health. But like, we do. We have to ask them about their elbow, about their knee, about their back. Um, and, and we look uh, we used to ask them all. We, we still do. I, I had to ask several guys who I was on road trips with, knowing that they were sick, knowing they have a stomach flu, knowing they had, you know, I don't know, strep throat or something. Like, hey, you good? You gonna play tonight? 
it's yeah. such a strange thing to have to ask people about now. Like, I don't even know. I struggled with it a lot this season, like during the hockey season, having to ask guys about like, you know, adjusting to protocols and when Omicron spread through locker rooms and they closed locker, locker rooms have still been closed in hockey. But like, I still don't always know how to like phrase it and I don't know how to approach the conversation. We're figuring that out as we go and as things change. Yeah. But there's still just like some of these comments make you sound really selfish. And yeah. some of the comments that baseball players, and not just baseball players, but other athletes too, are making are just very tone deaf. Out, tone deaf, out of touch with reality. Yeah. Yeah. And there is a certain, I think maybe this is when we start to see how out of touch um, athletes can be with reality. We saw this during the negotiations um, with, during the lockout, you know, and, and as much as like, the fans are important and they want to acknowledge and appreciate the fans. Um, I don't know if some of these issues are helping with that. Right. So again, tonight, Luis Castillo, possible audition for the Yankees, maybe. Although, you know, obviously the fan in me doesn't want him to do that well. I would like for the Yankees to win. It'll be interesting to see how he does at Yankee Stadium and how the Yankees perform against him. And Nestor Cortez, we'll see if he rebounds after his iffy start against the Red Sox. And speaking of the Red Sox, the Yankees are playing them again this weekend. Although this time in Yankee Stadium, maybe there won't be any weird shenanigans. But you never know because it's Yankees-Red Sox. And tomorrow, I will be doing a crossover with... Jeff Carr of Locked on Reds, who I spoke about earlier. So we'll see what happens tonight. And um, we'll see if I have to yell at him on the crossover tomorrow, which should be kind of fun. Um, because I didn't record yesterday, I might do two shows tomorrow. Just a programming note. I might do the crossover with Jeff, and then I might do a preview of Yankees-Red Sox. Because everyone loves previews of Yankees-Red Sox. It's the best rivalry in sports, or whatever. So for now, that's it for this episode of Locked On Yankees, which is part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Abby and I would like to remind you that you can listen to the show in Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Odyssey, Spotify, Stitcher, or anywhere else you get your podcasts. You can watch and subscribe to us on YouTube. Again, like and comment. Click the bell notification so you know when our videos go up. And when you get into your car, Tell your smart device to play podcast Locked on MLB Prospects. Make your second listen of the day Locked on MLB Prospects. Host Lindsey Crosby is a prospect encyclopedia. Seriously, he is. And he's going deep on the MLB stars of tomorrow. It's free and available wherever you get your podcasts. One more thing, if you could be so kind, please rate the podcast and spread the word about this podcast to your fellow Yankee fans. We would really appreciate it. So enjoy your Thursday, and I will talk to you a lot tomorrow. Tomorrow.